Welcome to the She's Electric podcast. I'm Pia, a passionate food consultant who is learning how to build my business while raising my young family. And I'm Kaya, dedicated business coach and enthusiastic yogi. It's our mission to help working mothers redefine the way they work and reimagine what is possible. We aim to be raw and real about the challenges and highlights we experience on our journeys of motherhood, business and life and hope that by sharing what we've learned, we can help you too. Hello, hello. This is Pia and Kaya here. Welcome to the She's Electric podcast. Um, Welcome. Kaya, I wanted to ask you, um, can you tell me about a time when you felt really stuck in life? Do you know that time when it's like you are disengaged from your job or your work you feel kind of numb when you're going out with your friends it's like you're unhappy in your life but you don't know how to fix it did you ever have that moment absolutely I think like I spent a long time in in that place actually I think it was kind of it was my mid to late 20s just before I met my husband actually and mm. I think on the outside everything looked great I had um I had a good job I was making good money I was going on really amazing holidays all the time I'd been with my boyfriend for kind of eight years nine years we broke up after a decade um I had this you know great group of friends we were out partying every weekend and numb is the kind of feeling that best mm encaptures yeah. that time for me because everything was just about numbing I was uh you know smoking loads of weed every day I was drinking myself into an oblivion every weekend taking a lot of drugs and just just masking the fact that I felt like I was treading water yeah yeah and I, I have these like vivid memories of being at work where we had these really fancy offices overlooking the river in London Bridge. And I remember I would just be looking out the window thinking, like, how long am I going to do this for? And the thing is, is that I sat there looking out the window thinking that for years. Wow. So what made you change? If, if you said that you were, because I'm looking at where you are now versus then, obviously something big had to happen for you to get yourself out of that. What happened? I think it was, for me, it was yoga was the beginning of that journey. Mm. I think a lot of the way that I felt was self-loathing. Yeah. I just hated, I just had disgust. I was disgusted at myself. And I associated a lot of it with the fact that I was, I, I would kind of berate myself all the time that I was just, that the drugs were the problem and that the alcohol was the problem. But actually, I think what was the problem was that I was so out of alignment. Yeah. Yeah. And that had started, you know, back when I was a teenager, I was following what other people wanted for me and what I thought was the right thing to do, what I thought was, you know, chasing success whether it was studying engineering and it was doing maths at school and just all of these things, doing a graduate program that were 
taking me further and further away from who I actually was. And I, I think that that feeling of like all of the, all of the things that I was doing were symptoms of that misalignment. So they were numbing the pain that I felt because I was so unhappy because I was doing all of these things that I just didn't care about and didn't mean anything to me. And I think when I started doing yoga, it was a place where I actually started showing up for myself. That's really interesting. And it's, as you're talking, it's, it's really resonating with me because I remember being in that exact same place as well. And the word that just comes up is that hatred of myself, that anger. I I was so angry at myself and I couldn't understand why I, it was the same thing. I was in a job where I felt totally disengaged, um, but I was stressed. Like it was a, it was a tough job. I was traveling over to Germany and Europe all the time. And as soon as my case was unpacked, I was repacked again. So I was just always on the red eye flight. And then at the weekend, just to offset all of that stress, I would just drink and party, uh, you know, and it's like party until six in the morning. So you're totally depleted. And then you'd spend all day Sunday being hungover, ordering a takeaway, and then you'd be straight back into work. And and I remember I used to drop my I drop Stephen off to work on the way and I'd be so angry in the car, I'd be like, get in the car, you know, like uh, we're going to be late. And he'd be like, like what you know if you're is this going to make you what 10 minutes late is that a big deal and I just had this whole thing that I had to be in by a certain time because if my boss will be coming in at a different time you know he would think that I wasn't a hard worker which is completely crazy um and I, I I I wasn't sleeping as a result because I was I was just burnt out at at like both ends and it got to the point where and like my period stopped literally I didn't have a period for two years because I was I was just depleted and then I was doing things that I thought was going to make me healthier like so I was doing high intensity training and then I was doing intermittent fasting I was doing all these things that really like deplete your body and I was never ever 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 filling up my own tank um, and how that came out in me was it's exactly what you say it's that feeling of misalignment it's like I'm not I'm not following the path that I'm supposed to be doing and I'm I'm partying, but does, you know, the party's kind of coming to an end in my head. You know, I'm not enjoying this anymore. There was a time when I loved it and it was great and I would never change those days. But it's like you come to this point in your life where it's like, am I still getting the same enjoyment out of this as I did before? And the answer is like 100% no. And I remember, you know, there I had such bad insomnia and I'd be in the middle of the night and I'd be like hitting myself. Like it's absolutely crazy. Like when I think about it, I would be hitting myself going, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And I never, I just never thought I could be so unhappy doing all the things that, you know, on paper, I was this great marker of success. I had a great job. I had, you know, I was building up all this business, you know, multi-million euros worth of business. Um, I had, you know, I was myself and Stephen who had been dating for years. I had, I had a great relationship. That was, you know, that was one thing that was, uh, that felt great to me, but I was destroying it because I was so angry, you know, and it, I wasn't having fun. And it's, um, I just remember that feeling of, I don't know how to unpick all this because I had spent so many years building towards it. You know, you go to college, you learn, I did my business degree, I learned Germany, all this kind of stuff. 
And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I hate working in the food industry. Like I hate it. I'm always in factories somewhere and I'm working the meat industry, the meat business. I'm always dealing with these really chauvinistic men. And a lot of, you know, it's like, how do you walk away from all of those things? Yeah, it's interesting. As you were speaking, I think like for me, it was a little bit different because actually I really, I really enjoyed working and I loved my job. I think Mm. that it was, it was a case of the things that I loved about it. I wanted to do in an environment that felt that was different. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I ever told you this, but like I, if I hadn't have had the life I had up till now. So like my dream is always to be a chef. And really? just, yeah, so it's so interesting that we're kind of talking now because I, I, I'm not sure if I ever told you that, but like my parents, it was just, it was just not an option for me not to go to university. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of, I think that where my self-loathing came from was the fact that I had these things that I loved so much. I knew that I'd wanted to work in a restaurant and I knew that I'd wanted to kind of, I'd, I'd, I'd been, I'd been sabotaging myself since my A-levels, just fucking up my exams and, you know, fucking up university and doing all of this really destructive drinking. But it was like, like things kept working out for me, which was crazy. Mm. So I kept, you know, I couldn't, I almost couldn't get myself kicked out of university. And then I knew, I thought I was going to fail my degree. I didn't. And then I got a really great job and I actually thrived in the workplace. I loved it. And being in an environment with, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, men really suited me. And actually, I think that it was two things that started to happen is that being successful started to give me confidence that I could leave it and I could be successful somewhere else. But I had this self-loathing about the fact that I never took any action on things that I cared about. And I remember that I used to, back in the day, I used to love MasterChef and it got to the point where I just stopped watching it and I hated it because I would Mm -hmm. watch it and I would think you could have done that. That could have been you. Like, you know, you were good enough when you were younger, you should have got stuck in there and you could have just worked really hard and you would have been this one girl. And, you know, I've always had a good work ethic and stuff. And so I think that the the self-loathing for me came from, just never, never um, being bold, never being yeah. brave and yeah. never kind of chasing my dreams. And I would always circle back to the fact that I was um, I was getting high a lot and that that was ruining my life. Mm-hmm. And I would give myself this yeah. label of like, you're an addict, you're a failure. And again, I think like I'm able to sit, I'm able to look back on that time right now and say that, I was in a lot of pain. Um, mm. You know, I I suffered something in my teenage years, which took me a really long time to process. It's only been the last few years that I've really been able to understand the emotions around it and the fact that a lot of the behaviors that I exhibited throughout my 20s were numbing mm. and they were numbing a pain that was not my fault. And I think that, I've had to do, I've had to forgive myself for wasting a lot of time. But the thing that enabled me to make a change was actually that as I started to build a relationship with myself through doing yoga, through being in my body, I started Mm -hmm. to like process a lot of emotions. Things started to come to the surface and I started to release things. And 
it's a it's a form of therapy I think when you do bit intense body work and I think things would come up and I would cry and I would release them and I also started to you know this sense of disgust that I'd had at myself because I couldn't stop doing something was becoming replaced with a feeling of like self-love as I was showing Mm. up for myself and I was with I was spending more and more time with myself on the mat in my body and it was this special time because I think I was going to this wonderful studio which doesn't exist anymore in London called Good Vibes and I would go every nearly every day with my best friend we were both working in the city um, and it was this community this space that was just really energizing I was connected to a lot of amazing women a lot of incredible teachers there Um, and I actually started doing yoga teacher training when I was 28 with my best friend And that was the first time that I started saying yes and, you know, doing something that I loved and chasing a passion. Um, And I think that that was that was that was me opening the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking about we never, ever take time or society doesn't encourage us to take time to just pause and slow down like that. And that's what you started to do. You started to take time on the yoga mat for yourself so that you can start to process these emotions. And the reason why, you know, we, we work really hard and then we numb ourselves in the pub or, you know, by drinking at the weekend, and then you're absolutely exhausted. And then you're straight back onto the hamster wheel the next morning. And I just remember living in that pattern and on that wheel. And it's just, I know in my business, if I I'm working in my business all the time, doing activities and, and, you know, getting jobs done. My business suffers. I need to step away from my business and work on my business and go, okay, Pia, where is it that you want to go? Okay. You've spent a lot of time doing client work, but you haven't done any passive income. You haven't, I need to actually look at my life, put it into boxes and be like, oh my God, myself and Stephen haven't had a date night in like six months. It's only by taking the pause and kind of getting a bird's eye view on your life. It's like you can start to see, okay, this is where I'm not happy, or this is where I'm not putting enough, I'm not putting enough into this area to make it be what I want it to be. We're just so busy. We're always doing in society. And I this, this is why I wish that the working world was structured in a way where, you know, I would prefer to have four amazing hours, really, really focused hours from my people who work in my business rather than eight hours where four of them are just faffing and it's shit, you know, I'd prefer to give them back those four hours. And it's like, you do that, you know, what you want, but it's like, I just need to have these outputs. This is what we need to do. This is what we want to achieve this month. When you've achieved it then, and and you've achieved it to a standard, you know, you can use that time. And I just, I wish I, I can only control what I do in my business. And that is the kind of business that I want to create. Um, but I wish that the working world was starting to catch up. And, you know, when I read all these reports about the four day week and how it's been overwhelmingly successful in all the countries where it's being tested, the, the New Zealand government has shifted to a four day week. You know, it's in, even in Ireland, they tested it and it had a 95% acceptance rate, you know, and, and product like this isn't just the staff saying, oh yeah, it was great four days. It was productivity went up, staff retention went up um employee morale all of this stuff went up because it's we are 
we're reaching the point of burnout because we're so we're filling our hours with all of this meaningless stuff you know and it's like it would be so much better if we could just focus our time and say you know I'm going to work on this block right now to do this and but then give yourself space and I think it's you were able to get unstuck because you started to give yourself that space and realize where you were unhappy and the issues that you were having that was leading to those patterns of behavior. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's a funny, I have like such an interest as I reflect on it, it's a really interesting way that I feel about it. But like, I think that one of, it was almost like my saving grace and also my nemesis was Mm. that I smoked a lot of weed because, you know, drinking Drinking for me is so, so negative. Like Mm. I am the worst drunk, like a one or two drinks. And I am, I'm just starting to get aggressive. I'm starting to, you know, be one of those people that is just bringing a negative energy to a space. And I think that actually I save myself a lot of kind of stress and a lot of pain because I would, I always preferred smoking to drinking. Yeah. And funnily enough, like I did, I would have these really interesting creative breakthroughs where I would be like stoned cycling and I would Mm -hmm. have these like insights. And the thing is, is that a lot of my friends around this time were just drinking, especially women. And they were so anxious, so much overthinking. And I have to say, like, that's not familiar to me (laughs) because I would just smoke a joint and forget about it. So it's like, I I think that it was holding me back in the sense that it was making me a bit lazy, but it was also giving me this, like my personality at that time. And now when I kind of have no relationship with smoking is very laid back. And I think that it was, that's why I liked it is because I was living in London and there was this pressure kind of to drink and it was this go, go, go. And so the antithesis of that was for me to just, you know, kick back, smoke a joint and forget all about it. Yeah, of course. Like it was, it was what was negative about the situation was that I would still bring in the drinking at the weekend and it would be really excessive and things would happen where I would basically behave really badly. And Mm. then I would have this like you know, self-loathing. Yeah, but I yeah. think that I was telling yeah. myself stories about the. There was so much of my identity was wound up in you know smoking. It was mm. just such a big part of who I was, and it was. It was almost like I didn't believe that I could ever quit. Yeah, and yeah. when I think about that now, and I think about that identity, it just makes me feel so good because that was the hardest for me. I thought that I would never, I, I I couldn't see how I could let go of that. Yeah. And now I'm just like, couldn't give a shit about it. Right. And that, that allows me to know that like, I can literally change anything. If I could change that, I can change anything. You brought up something there, which is really interesting, which is you had a shift in identity. And I find that the, I see it with my clients. I see it with my own behavior. Um, when they shift their identity, they shift their behavior. And I, I have one client in particular and she has smoked her entire life, like her entire life. And she's tried to give up again and again and again. And it's never worked. And we were away. We we're over in Germany. Um, and, and she just she kind of said she just said, I'm not a smoker anymore. She said, I don't know what it is. She said, I've had a shift. I, She said, this is it. I'm done. I'm just done with it. And she has not gone back to smoking. She has been off it. But she said even this before 
when she'd be sitting, you know, in a pub or something. First of all, she couldn't drink for so long because the drinking made her want to smoke again. But now she said she she was in a pub and she went outside and she smelled the smoke in the smoking area and she was like, oh, do you know? And it's it's her identity shifted. So it's what do you think, you know, other than than changing your identity from, you know, I'm not, I don't smoke weed anymore. Was there any other identity shift that you had to kind of step you away from that feeling of being stuck? I think it was really about rediscovering, like the more, the more that I leaned into who I really was Mm. in, and, and that was a lot about yoga. The more that I leaned into that, the more that I could let go of other things that I wasn't. And I think that again, like that community part was really important because when I put myself into the yoga teacher training program, I met a load of loads of really amazing women and it was different. It was, you know, a new circle of people. I think one of the things that's really hard is when you're trying to change, make changes around you, but you're still hanging around with the same people who've got the same beliefs and everything's the same. It's very difficult to, to, to be around the same people and in the same environment when you're trying to change. I think yeah. that, you know, you've got to get yourself into an environment with other people, with different people. And if that's not physically available to you, one of the things that I think is incredible are podcasts, because mm-hmm. you can be in conversation with people who are, you know, thinking different things and who are doing something different. And I think that that is one of the things that is such a blessing for the time that we're living in right now is that whether it's YouTube or whether it's a podcast, you can connect with people who are doing what you want to do. Like they are operating at a different frequency. They are chasing different things. And even though you're not physically friends with them, you can have them as your mentor. You can have them talking to you, you know, regularly through a YouTube video or through a podcast and beginning to shift, you know, what you think about and how you show up and what you think is available to you. Because we all know this uh, saying, you know, you are a product of the five people that you spend the most time with. And that doesn't have to be physical time. Like, who have you got in your ear? What are the things that you're watching on television? Like what, what are the voices that you're allowed it, allowing into your um, mind and into your sphere of influence? Um, so I think that for me, like changing the people really started to, to change energy. Yeah, I, I find that really interesting what you've said because, and it's not to say that your friends are, bad there's nothing like I still love my friends who I partied with now we've all shifted we've all gone on a journey and we're different people now but we were all stuck in that pattern of behavior and when I look back that whole party scene it doesn't bring out the best in me I I actually become quite quiet and I I retreat into myself and I the next day I become really anxious so I was just as anxious insomniac you know it was just I was not who I should be and I when I looked at it I I was like am I happy with the person I am every day and who's showing up and I wasn't happy um, and actually it's funny that you mentioned podcasts and I think this is probably why you and I wanted to set up a podcast because it it's had such a profound effect on my life when I started listening to other perspectives and other people and realizing that there was another way of of behaving and I used to go for walks and I would just listen to a podcast and 
that was my way of filling my cup up again. You know, I do my bit of exercise, I get out in nature, but I, I just, I, I'd listen to something that was just opening up my horizons. And you're right. We live in this time when it's like, you can do a whole online degree for very little money and you can learn about things that previously would have cost, you know, 20,000 in the, you know, university education. But the one thing I found is that I, I, I went through a bunch of listening to podcasts, listening, 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 new podcasts, new podcasts, new, you know, new course, new this, but I wasn't applying any of it to my life. So it's actually when I took a couple of those nuggets and went, okay, these are the things that I want to change. And so for me, initially, it was around changing my sleep patterns and changing my sleep behavior. Um, and having, you know, that wind down every night instead of like looking at things that were really, really intense and, you know, watching really, really um, dramatic things in the evening and things like caffeine. Like I had to cook caffeine totally out of my life. I can't even handle a cup of coffee, which is annoying because I love it. But it's, you start to implement and these things and you start to realize this is a situation that makes me thrive but you where I struggled was I didn't know the, the person that I was I didn't know the situations where I thrived and so that's why I felt stuck but what I didn't know is that it's by just getting out and doing something and trying something new that it's like you go oh like I really really like yoga and I, I started doing yoga as well and that was just a nice way to just wind down um but it's it's as you start to do things, you realize like I like I've realized that I need to be out in nature. I need to just you know, and I live right by the sea. I there's loads of trees where I, I live, and it's like I need to connect with that every single day because that's what helps me feel grounded. But I wouldn't have known that had I not just started going out in those walks. So that's my kind of prompt to people: is you are not going to know who you are by just sitting and thinking about it. It's like you need to go out and try things and understand the situations where it's like this feels really in alignment to who I am. Um, and when I looked at myself, I was living totally out of alignment with myself because I was like, I'm so into health. I'm so into nourishing your body, you know, your mind, your, you know, I love learning. And I was, I wasn't reading I, for 10 years. I didn't read. And I was someone who grew up. I loved reading. I wasn't eating healthy food because I was just eating junk because I was hungover all the time. And then I was pumping all this alcohol into my body. So I was just, you know, it was totally out of alignment with who I was. Um, and it, I actually found it really, really difficult to start to stand over this other person that I hadn't, I hadn't shown my friends this side of me, you know, I had just gotten stuck in and I'd, you know, been partying with everybody and, you know, I'm actually I'm okay with being like a little bit of a nerdy person who wants to go to bed at half nine every night, you know, but I felt really like, uh, like for years I battled with, I said it to one of my friends once we were going for a walk and I just said, I feel like I'm really boring. And then everybody thinks I'm boring. And she was like, Pia, like, I've just never had that thought about you. You know, <laughs> I built this thing up into my head that I was boring, you know? And it was just such an, it was such a refresh. I, I was so happy that I was vulnerable with her. And I told her that, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Because I realized it was just an identity, a thing that I created in my head. But yeah, I didn't realize how difficult it it was going to be to come out and say, like, I'm not the person that I've been showing you for the last few years. I'm actually very, very different to that. And this is who I am. And to be comfortable in it in like now everyone knows I'm just going to go home to bed early. Like I'm not going to stay up all, all night. I'll definitely be gone. I'll go to bed. And now they're just like, oh, your pee is off. You know, so, um, yeah, it's just it's it's 
it's not easy to get out of that feeling of being stuck. But what do you think other than yoga, what were the actions then that got you feeling this sense of alignment? I think that I started to just do things that I really enjoyed. So like I got a bike and every day I was cycling to work. I was going to yoga in the morning. I was intermittent fasting and I just started to, it's almost like, because as you were saying that, it's funny. I was thinking like a lot of my identity kind of is still true. Like it's not that I'm a big party girl, like I go out and party now, but I loved it. And mm-hmm. even now, like, I don't like, I, I would, I still enjoy taking mushrooms and having a wild mm. time. Like yeah. that is, I almost feel like I'm coming full circle after being quite serious for about five years or yeah. coming back to my fun self who is, you know, fun. I just don't need all the alcohol in me. Yeah. Um, but I think that the things that get you unstuck is to stop thinking about what you should do because that's what keeps you stuck. That's what makes you feel bad. And it's just thinking, what do you actually want to do? And I would always tell myself that I should do these really extreme things like going for a run, which I don't like doing. And actually I do love going on my bike. And so going cycling to work was super, super fun. I do love going to yoga. So I spent loads of money you know, having an annual membership at the best yoga studios in London. And I would go all the time and live my best life. And I also love organic food. So I, you know, started just spending all my time and money in my favorite organic supermarkets in London and living it up. And I think that it's funny when you talk about the identity shift, because I think what happened is that without me even realizing it, that kind of stoner identity or this like kind of, um, wasn't even that I think one of my friends described me once as she said you're you're very um like free without consequence it's almost like that blend of it being about like partying actually it reformed into being this kind of like free this freedom side of me uninhibited Mm -hmm. um became about like yoga and actually I I think that I it didn't it wasn't that long before I feel like the way that other people saw me and the way that I saw myself was as a yogi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was because it was something that I really loved. And so I think that the main things that I would say to anybody is just start thinking like, what feel, what's something that you want to do? What is yeah. something that feels like exciting? Not that you feel like you should do it. Who cares what anybody else thinks? It could be anything. It could be like, you love baking or it could be you love gardening and just start doing more of that because you the way that we stop being the things that we're not is we start being who we are Mm, yeah yeah I I I love that it's because we always create these shoulds around ourselves and it's I hear it all the time I should go jogging I should go why is everybody obsessed with jogging like it's (laughs) so fucking boring and it's even said you know you should be lifting weights we should not be doing cardio you know especially after a certain age you need to be building up your muscle but anyway it's I I completely agree that when you start to chase the things that make you happy you start to understand more about your own identity and it's not about so people set themselves these arbitrary goals like I need to go jogging it's like why do you need to go jogging because I want to be healthy okay well why do you want to be healthy or you know I want to be skinny it's why do you want to be skinny because I want to be confident you know I want to be confident this summer I don't want to feel you know 
I don't want to feel awkward in my bikini or, you know, things like that. And that's like when you really drill down into, I love what you said about cycling. It's like you enjoy cycling. So it's like, that's the exercise you should do. But it's like, it's back to that, that bias that we have. If it's hard and if it feels painful, it's working. And actually that's not the case. It should be, you know, we should be leaning into the things that we enjoy and that's going to make us go, hell yes, I really want to do this exercise because I'm doing something that I love. Or hell yes, I really want to eat this food because it's something that is delicious and it's also nourishing my body. Um, Absolutely. And I think actually I I spent a long time in my teenage years and my early 20s, like loathing my body. And mm. I got to a point where I think that the body that I always wanted to have, I had and it was effortless. And it was yeah. a time when I was basically doing restorative yoga only. <laughs> yin and just cycling and it was like it was effortless because I was doing the things that felt good and through doing the things that felt good Mm -hmm. like my body went into its natural state you know yeah 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 absolutely it's um I mean and that's what I I would love to to ask all the women or men who, who listen to us is try and think about the things that make you happy what are the activities that you enjoy doing? And forget the goal, forget the, I need to do this, or I have to lose weight, or I have to get that promotion and work. And it's like, what's the work that you enjoy doing? And how can you double down on that? Instead of like, and I see it with my husband, because he, he's he been going through this journey of becoming a manager and work and leading people. You know, and he he stresses about this particular side of the business that he's not so good at, but he's so good at the people management side and he's so good at nurturing a team and making them feel empowered. And and I keep saying to him, like, they are such valuable skills that you have and they are things that a lot of people naturally don't do well. And he's worried about the strategy side and the plotting and the scheming. And, 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 and I'm like, bring in your team, like get your team involved in the strategy side and where you have feel you have weaknesses and get them to help build the plan with you you know and then they're going to be more bought in so it's just I I just I think that we should lean into what we enjoy more um and so that's I'm just really glad the conversation ended up here because that's ultimately that's my big takeaway from this and that has been the journey that I've been on in my business and over the last few months going from the scarcity and being terrified of losing a client and to actually it's like what is the work that I really enjoy so Kaya thank you so much that was uh you were were a very good sport there you got stuck in with my questions and I know I have some kind of personal ones so thank you so much and just thank you to everyone coming and listening to us and please send us any requests if there's any particular topic you want us to cover we are always trying to give women the tools and the knowledge so that they can create success on their own terms so thanks for listening Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. If anything we talked about today resonated and you know a woman who needs to hear this too, please send her the episode and help us keep the movement going because women helping women only makes us stronger. To stay up to date on our latest episodes and the guests joining us, follow the She's Electric podcast on LinkedIn and Instagram. The music is Teenage Songbird by Forte, used with permission from the artist. We hope to see you again soon.